0: Welcome to the Good Shepherd and the Child podcast, where we explore the spirituality of the Christian child through the method of catechesis of the Good Shepherd. I am your host, Carrie Meki Lozanu. In Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, we have 32 points of reflection, and these distinguish our work and what it is. And if you look at the 32 points, point number 19, it says that this work can be realized in any social or cultural settings. It can be used with children all over the world, and it is. So I have invited Celine Mitchell to join the podcast today to tell us all about her adventures of taking Catechesis of the Good Shepherd to many different continents, and how this work and the child have proven again and again that they are universal. We also have an extra special guest that randomly makes a vocal appearance throughout today's show, my son Joaquin, who had decided that listening to Celine and sharing his own wisdom was more important than his nap. I hope you enjoy. Celine, welcome to the Good Shepherd and the Child podcast. We are so happy to have you with us.
1: Thank you, Carrie. And thank you so much for inviting me to be part of this.
0: Well, we're really glad to have you here. I can't wait to hear about all your adventures. Would you tell us a little bit about who you are and your work with Catechesis of the Good Shepherd?
1: Um, Who I am. Um, (laughs) I am a catechist, a mother, a grandmother, a wife. I was a youth minister. Mm. And so we had a youth ministry meeting at St. John Newman. And Barbara Stokes, the director there, invited us to come and see a special room Mm -hmm. that they used for young children. And so I always thought in youth ministry, there was something missing because we played games with teenagers, but we wanted them to have a relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then I walked into this atrium, this beautiful prayerful room, and um, my life flashed from my early years. My first eight years were spent in Poland, in Europe. I was born in Poland, and I lived in the church. My life was the church. The Hmm. church was my atrium, and it was the first time I heard the word atrium, and the first time that i saw everything where children can touch and and work and be with god and i thought wow that's how i grew up i was with god i was in the church my father worked in the church and so i used to play inside and touch the statues and go under the altar and listen to his beautiful music mm-hmm. and It was just so beautiful. And I thought, this is what I've been searching for. And we know our hearts are restless until they rest in God. And I was a restless youth minister until I found (laughs) Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. And I said, I have to do this.
0: So how long have you been with the work since then?
1: I became a director of religious ed in 2004, Mm -hmm. because I thought, as a DRE, I can make everybody do CGS. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can change the whole system. Well, of course, it doesn't work that way. And the pastor in my new position said, you will never get your own room. And so little by little, uh, I took my first course in 2005. I brought uh, CGS in a different doorway in the parish. We worked with a small group of families in a program that had been set years before I got there with young moms. And so I use the method I call infiltrating the system. I brought CGS to these young families, brought the chasubles, brought the altar, works. And so little by little, kind of uh, piqued the curiosity of the young mothers and grandmothers who were there with their young children. Mm-hmm. Because I also did RCIA, CIA, I incorporated the CGS. The parable method is for everyone. It's not just for the atrium, it's for the world. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. the language of signs or liturgical language is for everyone. And so in every aspect of my position at the parish, Mm -hmm. I brought in the CGS method, but I call it more the way of life than just a method. Mm -hmm. And then I took um, level two the following year, level three the following year. So I was one of those who I want to get it all. But then I went back. The first time I did it for me, each time I, I take a course, it's like, oh, it's a gift. And now I want to share this gift.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that because I've always felt that people of all ages benefit from this work so beautifully, especially with the child right next to them. So I love the way that you were able to take the way of Catechesis of the Good Shepherd and apply it to other programs in other, in other groups of people throughout your parish. That's really beautiful.
1: Yes. And little by little, we started the atrium material. In fact, my first atrium, I'll never forget, the first session was December 8th. So I tell everyone, you can begin any time and you don't need all the materials. I would be making materials with my friend Allison who took the course with me the first time. And we would be making materials the week before we were doing that presentation. And so just little by little, our atrium grew.
0: Little by little. Such humble beginnings.
1: Yes, the mustard seed.
0: Well, Celine, you have some really amazing adventures that you have done since you've gotten involved with Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. I would love to hear about them. Whenever I hear about missionary work, it makes my heart very happy. Whenever I hear about Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, it makes my heart very happy. So to put those two works together just makes my whole body happy. So I would just love to hear more about the different adventures that you have had all around the world with this method of catechesis of the Good Shepherd?
1: Yes. Um, catechesis is is a journey. And so when Jesus told the apostles, come follow me in CGS, it's we just need to be open to where is the Good Shepherd leading us? Mm-hmm. And as Tina Lillig, our first national director, spoke of that friendship of catechesis, this friendship takes us to many amazing places. We get to meet so many beautiful people. So one day I got a call from um, my friend, Anna Guido, who has taught me so much about CGS Montessori. And she said, I heard of uh, Betsy going to Latvia. Hey, you're from Poland. I think you should go with her. (laughs) Latvia Latvia isn't quite next door to Poland. <laughs> and so she connected me to Betsy from Philadelphia, and one thing led to another, and then one day I found myself at JFK Airport waiting to meet Betsy, <laughs> and I knew instantly who she was by the joy in her walk, and her face. We had never met until mm-hmm. that day at the airport, and we went together, that was 2010 we went to Latvia to do a course for the Missionaries of Charity in Riga the capital of Latvia it was the most amazing experience in my life to be Mm. with the Missionaries of Charity I told the sisters God really has a sense of humor here I am teaching them about Jesus, when in front of me, they're all so filled with this joy and this light of Jesus that it was just such an amazing experience and so beautiful. It was a retreat for for me, for Betsy, for for the sisters. Mm -hmm. And that was the first journey to Latvia. And uh, I went a total of six times. Wow. And the sisters, uh, the missionaries of charity gathered from the Eastern European region, which included parts of Russia. So there were sisters from Siberia, from uh, the Netherlands, from Azerbaijan. I had to learn to spell Azerbaijan, (laughs) Um, Armenia. Uh, Belarus, uh, Poland, uh, and because of my connection with Poland, it was really a a coming home, uh, a meeting of sisters in in faith and sisters in Christ. It was just such a beautiful experience.
0: So tell me about how was this experience different from formation here in the States, or how is it similar?
1: Ah, yes, that's a good question. Uh, It's similar in the aspect of, I truly feel every CGS course is a retreat.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We
1: speak of, we are going to share information about the child and about this process, but it is a formation. And with that information, formation, there is a transformation. And so it's beautiful how we see that transformation does take place in each one of us even in the formation leaders with every course I think the biggest difference is that usually in a typical course I see that aha moment in about the third day in the lay folks that oh wow I get this because it's such a different way of being with a child, of listening to God. It's not that I'm going to transmit everything I know. And so that third day is so beautiful to see in courses. But with the missionaries of charity, what I see is that light is already there. It's so bright, their relationship with Jesus, their relationship with the poorest of the poor and the children, Mm -hmm. that that aha moment is more like the third hour instead of the third day. Mm. And their joy, their joy is just instant in, in receiving this gift.
0: That's so beautiful. I I know that um, one of our 32 points of catechesis or 32 points of reflection for catechesis of the Good Shepherd is that essentiality of the atrium and essentiality of the work. And I just imagine that the Sisters of Charity, are able to embody that so easily just they where for us, I think that it takes an effort for us to remember to be essential. Yes. Um, They already are essential into their very being and their very life is essential. So it's like a practice that they've already learned how to breathe in and out and how it would be so much easier for them to remain essential when they are with the child or building an atrium or building materials.
1: Oh yes. that essentiality and simplicity. That simplicity Mm -hmm. is so important and it lives so deeply in them. Like an example of our first trip when Betsy and I went to Riga, we brought extra suitcases filled with all kinds of materials to share with them because Mm -hmm. we didn't know what what they already had. But Mm -hmm. um, we left some of our suitcases. So as, as I was telling... Sister Anna, I want to leave my suitcases and, you know, this carry-on, they're just empty now. And she goes, oh, Celine, our sisters do not use suitcases. Mm I said, well, you can always share it with the homeless because they had a soup kitchen and a homeless shelter. Much later, one of the sisters, Nathaniel, who took the course, um, she had written to me thanking me about leaving the suitcase she was allowed to keep it and she used it as her portable atrium and sheepfold she had made a sheepfold and she took it to different places where she ministered she had written me of stories where she would visit the elderly women Um, Mm -hmm. she was in moscow at this time And so she would visit these women who lived under such harsh, poor conditions and had such great fear of authority. And so their lens of looking at God was also of fear and power. Mm -hmm. And she wrote how by bringing them the good shepherd, even through the concrete sheepfold, little by little these elderly women whose lives were so filled with with pain and harshness they um they became softer and their hearts Mm. became more open to receiving that love of jesus and she took it under bridges for the homeless she wrote a beautiful letter to me one year about how she even used it at the russian um at the embassy there was a diplomat from kenya who was suffering from brain cancer and he was going to uh, die and uh, she brought in the sheepfold and she told him the parable of the good shepherd using those beautiful but simple materials that she had made out of
0: little Mm -hmm. orange
1: crates that she found in the trash can. Oh, wow. And they recycle everything. And it's so simple. They really taught me about the essentiality and simplicity of materials. Sister took Mm -hmm. a broomstick and just sawed it into three inch pieces and rounded off the tops. And those were the figures for the 3D diorama figures. So the materials don't have to be expensive and they use everything that they have. And it's just such a beautiful work of collaboration with what God has given us and what can we make slightly different so that the child or the adult can experience the good shepherd.
0: Mm -hmm. I remember when I was living in Haiti There was um, some missionaries who had built an atrium, uh, um, I don't know, maybe a couple hours from us, and they had used corn husks to create figures for the nativity and and for the different dioramas. And I thought that was so beautiful and so essential and so poor, and I just love that. And I love that what the children have showed us is most essential, for example, the Good Shepherd Parable, how the children have showed us the value of that parable and the, and the core essentiality of that parable, and then how we've been able to use it for people of all ages because the children have showed us its depth and wealth, how you're talking about how it can um, speak to people in all different paths and, and needs.
1: Yes, it, it truly is. The word Catholic means universal. And so this really is that universal process on six continents. um, I also was in Haiti with Betsy. We did a course, actually like a half a course, I think. Um, Haiti was an amazing experience. I read a book about how we go to Haiti to change Haiti, but Haiti changes us.
0: Yes. And so
1: again, that, simplicity that poverty they have so little but appreciate so much yes and and when people in the states tell uh tell me you know oh we don't have space for an atrium we don't have space for the child i'm like what the missionaries of charity can change a closet to an atrium they can change the attic or the basement storage room to an atrium if they can have an atrium in Haiti, if they can have an atrium in the poorest of the poor places for the children, why can't we, who have so much room in so many spaces? So, one of those points, the useless servant, it's as Mother Teresa said, you know, we are the pencil that God writes with, and we're just needed to provide some material so the child can touch it concretely but how beautiful all over the world wherever the missionaries of charity are they can do it because they know the importance of this contemplative way of reflecting upon the word of Jesus Uh, in Rio in Brazil when I went with Lourdes it was a beautiful experience as well where in a poor place, uh, it was one of the houses was for adults of special needs. And we were offering the courts there and some of them were observing and participating. But anywhere this can happen mm-hmm. and this, this joy, um, I, I think it's just such a privilege to to be a formation leader where we can experience the the not only the seed planting, the cultivating of the soil, but we get to see the fruits when we go back and what has happened with this work. Like for example, in, in Latvia, they have formed an association now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And over the number of years, because I was there six years and I said, oh, sisters, like, we got to connect you to someone closer. And so um, I met Deborah from Germany. She came one year with me. And the following year, she went with uh, Patricia Cocini, Francesca's sister. And so now they are offering courses in, in Latvia we get to meet so many beautiful catechists and formation leaders. And, you know, the friendship of the catechesis has just always um, Mm -hmm. struck me.
0: Yeah. It's like a a bond that we all have from a shared experience and a shared love.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, I had um, the great privilege of going to Poland, back to my home country. Oh, wow to do a level one and a level two course. And it was just so beautiful because I still have um, a brother and sisters there. And one of my sisters and one of my nieces were able to participate in a course. Oh, wow. And um, my older sister, she just kept saying, wow, like how amazing my journey in life began in Poland, I came here so I could receive the gift of catechesis, and now I'm able to bring it back to my home country. When Jesus said, let the children come to me, he didn't say, you know, bring them, bring them only when they're not crying, (laughs) bring them only when they're sleeping. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He didn't say, children you must grow up and become like these grown-ups mm-hmm. but instead he picked up that child and said to the grown-ups you must come like this child and so what is it about the child the child whether the child is in haiti or poland or siberia or brazil the sisters from the amazon um we're so excited to share this work with with the people that um, they serve and so the child is still the child of god wherever they are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that child as sophia said has that potential but how do we nourish that potential and so we have this gift of catechesis that needs to be shared, but how beautiful in a formation course, no matter how old we are as adults, we get to be that child and we get to receive it. I always tell the grown-ups to receive you are receiving a gift for the child in you mm-hmm. at this moment.
0: Well Celine, is there anything else from that you would like to share with us? Any other stories or wisdom that you would like to share with us before we finish
1: i just want to encourage the catechist because i know i was one when i first took the course and oh i am going to have this great atrium and the best materials and there is no perfect atrium there is no perfect time the time is now when we are able to But it is a slow process. And so taking that first step of participating in a course, but it's only the first step. So often we think, you know, we're done after the course, but it's only the beginning. Mm -hmm. I think I've taken each level course at least three times from different formation leaders. And I say, we are giving you a basic recipe, but how will you use this recipe? And how will God provide this environment for this recipe to be mixed, to be used? And so every atrium is different. I have a a cute story just from this Wednesday, a child who is in our Montessori group. I I work also at St. Ambrose Academy where we have a Catholic hybrid homeschool Mm co-op. So I am a Montessori guide, two mornings a week. And then I have CGS level one, Monday afternoon and CGS level two, Wednesday afternoon. But a, a young child who was in the Montessori room saw the door open to the atrium, came in and is looking around And his mother had told me he goes to an atrium at their parish. And he's looking, and I said, so, George, what do you see here? Is it the same or is it different? He said, some things are the same, but some things are different. I said, you know, it's just like our church. When you walk into a church, you know you're going to see a cross. You know you will see an altar. But... What does it look like? And so every atrium will come from its community. It will be different depending on the gifts of the community, but it will have the same content and so often in a session, a child will stop and simply look around and say, God is here. Oh Wow. And they've even written that on that prayer, on a prayer card. God is here. And that's how I feel when I'm in the atrium. It's such a blessing. It's, it's not a job. It's not a work. It is a blessing for us adults to be in that atrium so that we can, as Gianna said, listen to God with the children. But don't worry about having the perfect atrium and the perfect material, because there isn't a perfect material or perfect atrium. And, you know, I also caution, uh, my word is when someone says, oh, that is so cute. It's like, oh, no. I've learned from the missionaries that the more simple, the more essential mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and You know, Gianna and Sophia cautioned us about embellishments. And so just to provide what you can when it's done with love from the heart. You know, as that prayer at the mass says, we bring the works that human hands have made. And so in the atrium, we offer ourselves in this material that we have made. And what a joy it is to experience, to watch, to observe the children using the materials and and see that joy. But knowing that it truly is universal, this message of Jesus speaks the same language. You know, we had a level three course, part one last year. And we had participants all o- from all over the U.S., including Father Tom from Poland came. Wow. And we wanted to celebrate Mass at our church with Father Tom, who would do it in Polish. But we had Spanish-speaking catechists and, of course, English. And our pastor said, They won't be able to understand the Mass with Father Tom. And I just looked and said, oh, the language of the Mass is the universal language. We will all know it. Mm -hmm. And how beautiful that from a very young age, we offer the children this language of the liturgy this language of faith that can become their mother language no matter what country they live in. I, I would like to close with a prayer. or well, it's more of a poem. Um, whenever I was in any of the chapels with the missionaries of charity, I enjoyed my time in the chapel, uh, looking through their prayer books and their song book And I would often copy some of the the songs they have in their songbook. Mm -hmm. And this this particular one, it just really struck me. And I think it really um, has, it really summarizes what this catechesis is about for the adults. And so it goes like this. I want to say something to all of you who have become a part of the fabric of my life. The color and texture which you have brought into my being have become a song and I want to sing it forever. There is an energy in us which makes things happen when the paths of other persons touch ourself and we have to be there and let it happen. When the time of our particular sunset comes, our thing, our accomplishment, won't really matter a great deal. But the clarity and care with which we have loved others will speak with vitality of the great gift of life we have for each other. And that's how I often feel we know the infancy narratives are like this beautiful tapestry, mm-hmm. but also our lives are like a tapestry. Our lives are like threads that, with every encounter, whether with the child or the adult in our courses, or even those we have not met, but will in some way be impacted. Mm. Uh, through this process it's it becomes like this this tapestry for for Mm -hmm. my life and you know we won't see this full picture until we enter the fullness of the kingdom but how beautiful that we have so many different threads in our tapestry
0: that's a beautiful way to look at all the things that God has done throughout our lives and and the people that he's put into our lives and to see the beautiful picture that he's been painting.
1: Yes. The international tapestry. Oh, oh, another just quick story. Um, The first time when we were in Latvia, we actually stayed in the seminary and uh, we had access to a computer late at night. And so I tried to type some, Um, notes from my experiences because they were just so overwhelming and I tried to put some of this down on paper and I sent it to my friends and family and then Anna had forwarded it to Sophia and Sophia had replied how beautiful that the Good Shepherd is traveling all over the world but she said but where is Latvia? (laughs) we must also learn our geography <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that so
1: humble, I love it yes, yes we never know it all well what beautiful experiences you have had I I really feel I am so blessed and each experience and encounter was because of some connection of, of someone and then just you know being open to, to a new adventure.
0: Well, being open, I think that's a huge part of it. You were, you came with your hands open and you were willing to say yes to what God
1: was calling you to. Well, it's part of that human needs and human tendencies that, that need to explore. And I don't think we're ever done, but then also that, that, need to serve in our work is so important. And we really just can't keep this gift to ourselves. It's, it's just too good. Yes, that's so true.
0: Well, thank you so much, Celine. Thank you for your yes. And thank you for taking this work in God's love all around the world. And thank you for sharing it a little bit with us today.
1: And thank you, Carrie, for letting me share this story with you, the listeners, and your little one.
0: <laughs> he was adamant about joining
1: us. Yes, I enjoyed the background. Well, God bless you, Celine, and all your work. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you all for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed Celine's stories just as much as I have. For your convenience, I have added a link to the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd 32 points of reflection in the show notes. And please don't forget to fill out our survey to let us know how we are doing and what we're doing well and what we can improve on. If you fill out this survey before the end of October, you will be entered into a drawing for the book, Look at the Light from our Catechesis of the Good Shepherd store. So again, look at the show notes for the link to the survey. CGS USA has begun our annual appeal, and this supports all the day-to-day operations and all the yearly projects that we at CGS USA take on. We are asking all of our listeners and all of our members to please join in our annual appeal and support us in any way way that you possibly can. We hope to raise what we need by the end of 2020. And our goal is $100,000. So for more information about the annual appeal, go check out, you got it, the show notes. This podcast is sponsored by the United States Association of Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. We want to thank all the contributing members of the association because you are making this podcast possible. If you want to know more about Catechesis of the Good Shepherd or if you would like to become a member, please go to cgsusa.org. Thank you all for joining us this week. We will see you in two weeks. Go and fall more deeply in love with God.